Hey everyone, welcome to episode 12 of Let's Chat. This week we'll be speaking about infidelity and the church. If you're interested to hear my take on this and why it's so important on talking and being so candid about sex, especially in the church, stay tuned. So how has your week been guys my week huh how has my week been um on one hand it's been really busy um and I like that and on the flip side I've been massively stressed out about something in particular and it really bothers me because there's nothing that I can physically do anymore in relation to this it's out of my hands and that stresses me out because I'm not a control freak but I am quite particular in terms of how I like to be looped in on things um and being or not having any correspondence on what's happening is just doing my head in honestly it's just it's the worst feeling ever um, but outside of that, I'm feeling great. <laughs> Can you tell? <laughs> um, yeah, so outside of that, I've been all right. I've been trying to find ways to distract myself. Um, and social media is a really good place for distraction, both positive and negative. Um, but I was on the timeline on Instagram and actually, no, it wasn't even on the timeline. I was on YouTube And one of my, I guess, bloggers or vloggers on there broke a story in relation to this pastor based in Houston. And the reason why it intrigued me was, number one, I have family who's in Houston. Number two, he's a assistant pastor to a mega church. Um, So that in itself is big. Three, he's on TV and... He's on a show, which I'll talk about a little bit later, that I follow. And he actually um, helps pastor um, a former member of Destiny's Child on the show, which is another element to this. And then on top of all of that, he was and is alleged to be cheating on his wife. Now, that's scandalous in itself. What makes this worse is that this is the second time it's been made public and just recent as well. And I was like, hold on. What is going on with this man? Like, number one, he's supposed to be a beacon, a representation of... Christ, right? So when you have a pastor, someone who's in the church, he is supposed to lead people and his behavior is nothing worth of leading. Now, don't get me wrong. He is still a human being and we as humans are flawed in all sorts of capacity. But the fact is that you cheated on your wife and you had to publicly I'm talking about had to do the media press junket so you had to 
do all of this to get people back on side and then to fall to the same sin again is crazy. So, (laughs) so let me tell you how all of this came out to be. See, this is why people need to be really considerate about who they end up messing with. Because some people are funny and not in a good way. Like some people have nothing to lose and are willing to bash you in the first place. And yeah, sometimes, you know, you shouldn't leave yourself open to questionable behavior. I I get that. Do you know what I mean? Like, I, I completely understand that. Um, so there's two wrongs here, but as a man of God and as a married man, um, he's all the way in the wrong. So anyway, so this blogger, um, named Tasha K, she broke out the story that he was talking to his best friend's sister. I believe that's the connection there. And she called this woman on the phone and this woman started talking about how they connected on social media due to a passing of a mutual friend or family. Well, no, mutual friend. And one thing led to another. And not only was he downplaying his marriage, um, not only was he downplaying his wife on top of that, he was sending her money. He was basically showcasing to her what he could do for her from a financial point of view and was buying her food and saying how, you know, she should be cooking for him. He even brought in his son to say that his that his son wasn't eating well because his wife's not here and she doesn't know how to cook. Can you imagine how low you have to go to degrade the mother of your child and your wife to another woman just so you can get some attention, some vagina. I mean, this is just, that to me was was disgusting. And not only on top of all of this, so she came with receipts. Like, sis was ready. She was prepared. The voice notes, the FaceTime calls, the messages, everything. She released them and he had the balls to say that he was being extorted. And I was like, okay, first of all, what you're not going to do is lie. Like, I understand this doesn't look good, especially since this is the second time. I understand. But to say somebody's extorting you because you've cooked them food, you've given her some money and... This is obviously not going to reflect well on you. And the fact is that you have dogged out your wife and there's audio tape on it. Now you're trying to flip the script? Like, nah, that's not how that works. But he went ahead to try to obviously smear her name and try to take key off of him. Wow, ladies and gentlemen. I believe it was yesterday or two days ago he addressed the church and he apologized 
to his wife again for his illicit behavior. And it came to mind that this was a man who is pastoring another young newlywed couple who have also had alleged claims of infidelity in their marriage. So just to give you a background story on that, Pastor John Gray is or has made appearances on a TV show called T.I.'s Family Hustle. I think that's the name of the program. Um, T.I. is a well-known ATL rapper and he has a spin-off show. And I think this show, or is it Toya with Family and Friends? I don't know. It's one of them shows, reality TV shows. Um, but a former member of Destiny's Child is on there and her name is Latoya Luckett. For those of you who may not know Latoya Luckett's background, um, she was previously married to some relationship guru on social media. That didn't work out. They quietly got divorced. She ended up meeting this guy named Tom. Tom. <laughs> he has a ratchet ass name, so I'm gonna call him Tommy. Um, she meets this guy named Tommy. Um, they started dating. And they had a very short um, dating, I guess, um, cycle, if you want to call it that. Because they quickly got engaged and they got married, um, I think, within a year. Um, And Tommy um, was married before. He has a daughter. And... Pastor John Gray, I'm trying to... I don't really recall what the connection is. But I do know that he ended up giving them marriage counseling in the beginning. And he officiated their wedding for them as well. And it has also come out that Tommy, um, who has a daughter, as I said, from a previous relationship who does not live with them full time, um, used his daughter and going to see her as an escape and a means to cheat on his heavily pregnant uh wife who is bearing their second child for them and it just got me thinking that birds of a feather like instantly I was like what a coincidence that not only the pastor is cheating but the couple He is, you know, mentoring at the time as well. The husband is allegedly cheating. Like, what is going on with this cheating spirit? It it is a spirit, if we're going to take it spiritually, it is a spirit. Um, And some of these men um, are tempted and fall into the spirit so easily it just it is mind-boggling to me um how quickly people can fall into that and it just got me thinking because it's already hard enough um 
in terms of a relationship itself. We all know that relationships are difficult. Um, they have their nuances and, you know, they have their own, I guess, highs and lows. Yeah. Because obviously every couple is different and things happen. However, when you add infidelity to the mix, it's a really interesting question because a lot of people are divided when it comes to this. And I can, me as an adult now, I can understand because if you asked, I don't know, 19 year old, 20 year old, even 21 year old Jennifer, if my partner um, cheated, would I stay? And I was like, hell no. Like, I just don't understand how that could happen. I just don't understand why. Um, yada, yada, yada. And don't get me wrong. I still believe that, but I have also added some caveats to that because, you know, it all depends on the relationship. It all depends on if there's any kids. There's so many different external factors that I now consider rather than just saying, you know, F it and, um, you know, ending the relationship. And so I was having a conversation with one of my friends about whether or not, you know, can you actually overcome infidelity? And my general consensus is it depends. It depends on the relationship. Because if you were to strip out the infidelity in itself and that is a symptom of something else so if you were to strip out the infidelity and you just looked at your relationship as a whole is that relationship number one sound in itself is it sound in terms of you know there's areas in your relationships that are really strong and obviously you know for for there to be some infidelity, you know, that there's some issues. And if you, I can, if you can identify what those issues are, whether that's lack of communication, whether that's, you know, somebody own personal, you know, selfish reasons, or if there's, you know, issues in the bedroom, whatever it is, if there's something that you can fix and it's fixable, then for me, yeah, you can definitely get through infidelity if, if <laughs> this is not going to be a pattern of behavior. Because if you then start to demonstrate to me that this in itself is not a one-off, it's not, you know, that you were feeling some type of way and then all of a sudden, you know, oops, you made a mistake, you know, then, okay, people are bound to make mistakes. That's life, that's how you know, that happens. But if you're telling me that, you know, within two, three months, you made a mistake and then you're on your best behavior. And then once again, this mistake comes up again, then I have to leave. Honestly, I have to, because you're telling me and you're showing me that number one, you don't respect me. You don't respect this relationship. You don't even care. And for somebody who does not care, then why should I? I or why should I even put the effort? It sucks if you have children and you can't have a clean break. That sucks because now you're impacting not only your 
yourself, but you're impacting, you know, the livelihood of your kids and, you know, what does that look like for them? However, cheating is a conscious act. There's, you just don't wake up one morning and just, you know, all of a sudden fall into some, some, some sex. Like that doesn't happen. Like it's a conscious thing. You're thinking about it. Now, the reasons why you're thinking about it, you know, it all depends on the person and what's happening in the situation. But you can't just say, oh my God, you know, I, I, I didn't know what I was doing. No, you didn't know it you were doing. You may not have known the implications it may have had afterwards, but you clearly know what's happening. And it's just unfortunate that this is a man or quote unquote, a man of God who has fallen into a pattern here. And the funny thing is, is that this is just two that we know about. There could be so dozens of women out there who he has engaged in some sort of inappropriate behavior and it just is mind-boggling to me because you know as somebody who um doesn't have that title you know as a pastor okay that's crazy in itself but still but to then Say you're a pastor and you are doing ungodly things, yeah, and you know that this is ungodly because that's that's your belief system, and then you go on Sunday to preach about how good God is and or whatever is your teaching is that you know that Sunday. The hypocrisy of it all is absolutely mind-boggling. It is because do you have no shame? Not only do you have no shame, but do you have no fear? As a man of faith, you have to fear God. There should be some fear of God in you because that is a huge weight that you're carrying the souls of people. You can either lead them in the right direction or you can misguide them and he's clearly done that and the fact is that he could sit up there and basically apologize again it's just I don't understand why they haven't removed him from the pulpit I honestly don't understand why um and that makes that church quite questionable to me now yes we should forgive people but should you forgive someone who constantly does something over and over again because they keep saying sorry like is that okay like if I decided I was gonna cheat and then you know I beg and I plead and I say sorry only for me to then go ahead and do it again like will you honestly be okay with that no nobody would like let's just be a hundred percent nobody would be okay with that and I don't understand why the church is. I don't. I don't. I don't understand. And I don't understand why the church can't be honest when it comes to sex. And what sex looks like in a marriage. And 
what sex shouldn't look like in a marriage. I think my only experience when talking about sex has always been from a negative point of view. Um, A, number one, fornication, that you should not have sex outside of marriage. And number two, I think they briefly touch on it at church, but I also know that, you know, adultery is bad. If you're married, you shouldn't be sleeping with anyone else other than your partner. I think these are the main two rules that people take out of, you know, church. However, in the Bible, we have the book of Solomon, which is all about sexual gratification and pleasing your partner because God understands that that tool in itself, which helps bring life, is useful, is beneficial. It helps connect you to somebody. Now, when used in the wrong context, soul ties happen. Then you're linked and attached to so many different people and so many different things. And that in itself has some negative and serious spiritual implications as well as physical um but god understands that you know sex is a very powerful tool it is it's powerful i mean that in itself creates life that in itself creates life that is insane but used in the right way with the right person I mean, it can have you feeling like you're floating on, you know, cloud nine. I mean, honestly. But in conjunction, used on the wrong person or with the wrong person can leave you severely depressed and having you question, you know, yourself and can put you in situations that, you know, you beg to just be released from. I mean, it's serious on both ends, but... You never hear the positive side of sex in church. You never hear how beneficial it is. And don't get me wrong. I don't know if this happens, you know, when they have, um, I don't know, like couple meetings or merry meetings like they have in church. I never was privy to that because obviously, A, I've never been in a couple before and I wasn't married at the time to to be in attendance. But for the general population, they never, I guess, you know, talk about, you know, how you need to please your man and you need to do this and you need to do that. Now, I'm not saying it needs to be raunchy, but if they used and based it on biblical scripture and sharing what the importance of, you know, intimacy is and connection is outside of, you know, these conferences that people go to, I think that, number one, can take the stigma and the fear out of sex. It allows people to know that there's no penalty when it comes to sex and that God is, A, happy and okay with that because he has given that to us as human beings. But when you are sat here and, you know, you feel like you're being condemned because you're a fornicator or because, you know, you're engaging in an illicit behavior with someone else's husband or wife, like, your 
mindset and your view on sex, especially when it comes to religion, is heavily and heavily skewed and it's impacting you in a negative way. So when you have all of these feelings, especially if you are someone who goes to church, and then you hear that your pastor or your assistant pastor is allegedly engaging in illicit behavior, do you know how massively you can remove people away from the church who want to be there? I know so many people who feel like they're not good enough because they're being massively judged, but don't know that the people judging them are, you know, creeping at night and doing some off-the-wall type of ungodly things. And it just really bothers me that in some regards, the church can't be honest. And I think that's what, you know... God was trying to do is to get so many different experiences and so many different areas of life that he knows that will be difficult for us and he has defined it and put it in a book for us to read and use as a guide so we can understand and we can navigate some of these areas that other people have navigated and fell short of. Yet, the people who are responsible for leading, you know, members in the church fail to do that very thing. And I don't understand why sex is such a taboo topic to talk about in the church. From a positive point of view. Yes, we always hear about the fornication message. And, you know, you instantly feel guilty if that applies to you. And you feel like, you know, you're being judged. And there's all sorts of, you know, different emotions that come up. But for those who are, you know, married or or whatever, they you don't hear the positive about, you know, how how pleasing it is to please your partner and what does that mean and, and, you know, making sure that you're both, you know, being sexually gratified so one doesn't have to look out if that's the case. And you hardly get stuff like that. And it just really does my head in because for a person who's grown up in the church um, and then obviously having to navigate this world as a woman and even from a African culture where sex in itself is not heavily discussed. The two places where I grew up mostly, which is obviously in my house and at church, no, I'm not getting any of this positive um, messages about sex and relationships. Funny enough, I was hearing it from the quote unquote, the world my friends, media, and that distorts your perception, especially if you don't have a a solid foundation on it. And it's a shame that the church is deciding, and I'm not saying all churches because I haven't been, but for the most part, the church is deciding that that's an area in which they're just not going to tackle. And if they tackle it, they do a very piss poor job at it. And 
it shows. So when you have things like this, like these scandals, especially a lot of the scandals are sex-based most of the time, people lose confidence in the church. And people go, aha, there we go. See, you was coming down on me for doing such and such. But look at you. You doing the same thing. Hypocrite. How do you win souls after that? How do you tell people that going to church and actually believing God is actually a good thing when you can't even fall? You can't even do what you preach. You see what I'm saying? So... It's an unfortunate situation with Pastor John Gray. I was myself completely shocked because I just thought, this again? Like, my dude, you literally just had to buy your wife a Lambo as an apology gift. I don't know where he got that money from. <clears throat> as quiet as it's kept, some people are saying it's come from the church. Uh, that's another thing about, you know... These ministers and some churches embezzlement finance. Anyways, that's a completely different topic. But you already know, like you're, you are in the shit with your wife, and then to still do it and be at church. I don't want to hear your apology. You need to literally step down and you need to tackle this issue because. That something is happening here. And what you don't want to do, especially as a man of God, let the devil use you and spin you around and make you a laughing stock, which is what you're slowly turning out to be. And for those of you who have experienced infidelity, it would be really good just to have an understanding on whether or not, you know, you guys think that is actually something that can be overcome. In most scenarios, it might be. In some scenarios, it may not. I'll take um, the quote from the Braxton family. Um, and it was Tony Braxton mom who said, if you are not going to leave a man who you know is cheating, let that man cheat in peace. Let him cheat in peace. And you know what? I agree because if you are only going to call him out to nag about it, um, sis, that's all it's going to be. He's going to hear you. He's going to hear you nag. And if he is not going to change his ways and he knows that within himself, he's just going to be better at hiding And if he knows that all you do is going to talk and you're not going anywhere, that's just going to embolden him to continue to do that. And it's just going to make you look stupid because you're complaining about something, but yet you have not left. So you might as well just shut up. You know he's going to cheat. So you might as well shut up about it. Now, if he's cheating and you don't like it, and you decide enough is enough and you leave. All right, then since you can talk, you can shout the walls down until you like. But if you are literally just going to be, how could you do this to me? And then take him back, knowing that in the next two, three, four weeks, 
months, whatever it is, he's going to do that again. And you're not going to actually do what you said that you want to do, which is leave. Then sis, let that man cheat in peace. Honestly, let him cheat in peace. So that's it for this episode, guys. I hope you enjoyed my little two cents. I mean, when it comes to infidelity, it's, there's no right or wrong answer here. It's just, I guess, personal preference and people's situations. Um, but as I said, don't cheat. And if you're going to cheat, you know, um, tell you, you know, <laughs> tell your partner. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, if you're going to cheat, tell your partner. Or if it comes, I don't know. Just keep to yourself, ladies and gentlemen. It's that simple. Honestly, just keep to yourself. Right, so that's it for this episode. Again, I'm wrapping it up for real this time. And I will be with you guys shortly to answer your dating dilemmas and questions. Okay, so we are back. And we, I mean I. (laughs) So I'm back with your dating questions and dilemmas. Hopefully, they're not as long as the other ones. But as I said before, thank you guys for sharing and submitting. Um, I do appreciate you guys. And I hope, you know, I am helping with my little two cents. Anyways, let's go into the first question. So this person is written inside. My boyfriend gets on my nerves, but I love him. Girl, we've all been there. Um, past Saturday, he got high and drunk, okay, and ended up hitting me after he ignored my calls for four hours. What? Okay, let's rewind let's let me reread that again um past saturday he got high and drunk and ended up hitting me after he ignored my calls for four hours he was in our range rover i own most of it 70 percent with his friends i found where he was and went mad he ended up punching me in the back of my head the fuck and he was messing with the gears when i was driving because it because causing it to stop and start he then ran off with the key and my dog. <sighs> what? Okay, I had to stop because I'm still... Re- I'm reading more of this in my head. Sorry, guys. I need to read this out loud because this is a bit wild. Um, oh, I lost my train of thought. This is crazy. Um, Where was I? Okay, he then ran off with the key and my dog. I had to get him arrested, but didn't pursue charges as I got everything back. He has never hit me. He said to my dad, who's fond of him, he doesn't remember. I do believe this as I know what he's like, but I was scared. I've been in a domestic violence relationship before and the guy fucked up my nose. I never want this again. Bit of a background. He has anger issues which do scare me sometimes. He is angry at a lot of things, but basically his dad sexually abused him, then went on to sexually abuse his daughter. The fuck? I suppose I feel sorry for him a lot. He is so sweet as well, will do anything for me. He would kill for me. Him hitting 
me is so out of his behavior. Whew, Lord have mercy. Um, first thing is first. Uh, I'm sorry. The, the fact that he put his hands on you, irregardless of the fact that he was intoxicated and taking drugs on top of that sis okay let's just reevaluate this person is this a, a daily thing for him is is this something that he does because this sounds like a coping mechanism the fact is that not only does he get intoxicated but he gets high as well Ooh, excuse me Ooh. <laughs> and the fact is that he gets high as well that that um that that's crazy. That's that's too much. And then on top of that, the fact is that he ignored you and then put his hands on you. I mean, punched you in the back of your head. So meaning that you were leaving and he still decided that that was a good chance and even uh, a pussy move to make and to put his hands on you. I don't tolerate um, physical abuse at all. I don't believe that there is any justification for a man to put his hands on you and then also while you were driving decided that he was still going to endanger the both of you by playing with the gears this man has nothing to lose he has nothing to lose and you have everything to lose what I would say to you is that I would um slowly withdraw from this relationship I think he has um some issues that he needs to to work on and I mean work on i.e going to therapy and discussing what molestation has impacted how it has impacted his life especially from the hands of his father I I um I wish him all the best and I think that you need to love him from afar. You haven't said how long you were in a relationship with him, but I I just don't condone um, physical abuse and especially since you have a previous history of domestic violence, this could easily turn into that and you don't want to be someone's punching back for the sake of love. Like love is not that deep, is really not that deep. Um, so I would use this as a massive warning sign that this is somebody who does not know how to control their temper and obviously, or their feelings and emotions because they rely on, um, you know, substances, um, to get them through. And if they're angry, you will just be the closest target to them to release that frustration, anger, fear, judgment whatever it is um and I just don't advocate for you to be in a relationship like that so I'm sorry sis um love him from afar but this is somebody that um I I just can't (sighs) I don't condone and I don't think you should be with him he has some serious anger issues and it makes sense I mean, his dad molested him and his daughter. I mean, that's some fucked up shit. But I don't think that 
you need to be a part of that for the sake of love. So leave him, leave him now. You can forgive his actions without being with him. And I think that's what you need to do. So best of luck, sis. Um, Let me know how that goes. Right. Question number two. Oh, all right. Let's see. Um, the title says, I think he likes me. Oh, I can relate to this <laughs> because I've felt like that for like, that's like the story of my college life. I think he likes me <laughs> not being sure, but just having a feeling and it never coming into fruition really. Oh, right. Okay. Let's see. Um, I bought a house in another state and I hired a handyman recommended to me from my realtor to help with renovation. We had been emailing and chatting back and forth about some house ideas for a few months, but I met him in person for the first time a couple of weeks ago. Really nice guy, had a good aura. I gave him my house key so that he could have access for renovation. A couple of days ago, he said that I did not have to buy a house. I could just stay with him at his house. He likes me, right? Sis, how old are you? Honestly, like, how old are you? Because that's something that I would have said when I was, like, in college. Like, you sound like um, a grown woman. I'm not I'm not trying to be prejudiced here that, you know, people in their 20s can't buy homes or whatever the case is. But you sound very juvenile. Um... It sounds like he's interested. Now, I don't know if he was just flirting. I don't know if his offer was serious. But the fact is that he's flirting on that level shows that he does like you. Now, how much does he like you? I can't, you know, determine that off of what he wrote. Um, Is there some interest there? Yes, it is. Now, if you find him interesting and you like him as well, then, you know, show him that you are um open and receptive to you know his advances um but sis um stay in your house don't move into no man's house okay take it from me don't move into no man's house stay in your own place um but yeah just flirt see what he says but don't take his offer of, you know, moving into his house because that's all talk. But yes, to answer your question, I do think he likes you. I don't know, you know, how much, um, but I would just say show him that, you know, you are interested and take it from there. Um, I'm actually glad that <laughs> that was that turned out that way and it wasn't like something fucked up. Okay. Um Next question. These are really good guys. I'm just trying to find ones that aren't long-winded. So bear with me. So the title of this one says, I blew it with a potentially good guy. Oh no. Okay. I started online dating and have been talking to one guy for about two weeks. We met over the weekend and had a good time. He told me he doesn't want me seeing other people and said he can make me happy. Oh, okay. He has um, a great career, very put together and everything I wanted. 
besides his height. Oh, Lord. How tall is he, says? How tall are you? Okay. Anyway, I completely blew it during our meetup. I can't reference my skepticism with men and how hard it was for me to fall for what's being sold based on my past experience. I immediately saw him get annoyed because this was not the first time I've done it. We ended the meetup on good terms and he said he would love to see me again. Fast forward to today and we barely talked. He'll send me a text here and there, but he's not called me. He used to call me daily and check in on me every morning. I tried calling a couple of times because he doesn't answer or has been quote-unquote busy. I'm so mad at myself for not being able to control my tongue and stop letting my past experience ruin things. Should I cut my losses and move on or should I wait and see what happens? This is so upsetting. Um... Okay, so let's let's break this down. You've only were talking for two weeks. Like I know on the internet that might seem like five years, you know, but two weeks is hardly anything. Um I wouldn't be that emotionally invested if he is withdrawing then let that be that just is taking its natural course however you did mention you know that you um discuss some heavy things I would potentially um lay off on discussing heavy 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 um topics you know until you have gotten to know somebody a little bit better I've done that in the past like I remember that I was seeing one guy um and we went on like two dates and I he was really attractive and I um felt really comfortable around him and I overshared something and he instantly like I could just see him um lose interest in me and following that conversation um he was so busy and then he ended up ghosting me so I would say to you hold back on certain things um just think of it as not everyone deserves to know everything about you they have to prove themselves um and two weeks is not a long enough time for someone to do that so as unfortunate as this is I would say cut your losses use this as a you know as a learning um experience moving forward and just keep some things to yourself like keep a little bit to yourself not everyone wants to know you know your whole life story and how you know, you got played by this person, how you got dogged out by this person and, you know, how your mom left you and your dad. No, like it's, it's just not necessarily until you found somebody that you feel comfortable and they have also shown that, you know, that they can handle material like that as well. Okay. So last and final question for the day um wow okay it's between 
it's between um Gemini X's and the reason why I said that because I am a Gemini, so I'm feeling a bit triggered by this. <laughs> um or um This is a really interesting title. It says, went to the dock thinking I had fibroids, but it's actually a fetus. Help. Whew, Lord. Okay, so what is it going to be, guys? Gemini X's or finding out you have a baby? All right, let's just do the baby one because that seems a bit mad. Okay, so the person says, sorry, this is a bit long. Okay, that's fine. Um... The title says it all. I have severe endometriosis. I think that's how it's called. Sorry, guys, if I um, mispronounced that. Um, But it says, so being in pain. So being in pain is a normal thing for me. But lately, I just felt absolute pain and discomfort. Throwing up, not being able to eat, etc. And some days, I couldn't even get out of bed. Ooh, Lord, morning sickness. I know all about that. That sounded like me when I was pregnant um, with my daughter. My doctor was able to get me in today for an ultrasound. They wanted to check because of the endo. They thought maybe I had fibroids or cysts, but no, it's a fetus, an eight-week-old fetus. Background for me, I'm engaged. I'm in the medical field. I was on birth control, have been forever. That's why I don't have periods, so I had no clue. Yes, I understand how sex works. But again, endometriosis and birth control. Anyway, what the hell am I going to do? Obviously, I'm going to get married. Obviously, I have the means to provide for a child. But I feel like I'm in my fucking prime and this is just the worst. I didn't think I could have kids, to be honest. So part of me is like, you might never get this chance again. Have it. But the other part is like, bitch, your goals. I worked my ass off to get to where I am. No exaggeration. I'm even planning to open my own practice within the next five years. I feel like a baby will hinder that and push it to 10, which most people think is fine, but it's not for me. Me and my friend have a goal to open our own office. Okay. This just threw me for a loop because I never thought I'd be able to. I thought we would just adopt later on. And now that I'm pregnant, I'm just perplexed. Also, I could lose the baby because of my condition. So that's something I wouldn't have to consider happening too. Not sure I want to go through that. Um, would you abort and continue life or have the baby and adjust and she'll be good in life anyways? Who, right. When it comes to, um, a woman's choice, it's really hard for um, me to speak on that matter because at the end of the day, that is your choice. There's nothing that I can say. Um, that, you know, would sway you because you know what you're going to be going through, you know, your plans, you know, your future, you know, all of that. Um, however, I can speak to you from someone who has a child and also who, you know, has quite ambitious goals for myself and you know is an explorer and you know still have 
I don't know, things that I want to do, places I want to see. And I felt at one point in time, like having a child would hold me back. And if I'm going to be completely honest with you, um, it hasn't. It hasn't. Not in the way that I thought. It hasn't. Um, I've been, you know, really um, grateful to have, you know, a community of people um, to help, um, even though, you know, I'm not close at the minute now or live very close to my immediate family, but I still have a community of, you know, my partner and his family, um, you know, really help out, um, in looking after my daughter. But when it came to, you know, things like, Oh, am I still going to be able to travel? Am I still going to be able, you know, to do things that I've always liked, enjoy, like rock climbing and hiking and, and things like that, where you think, especially when you have a young child, like you're not able to. And I proved myself wrong. Like I could do all of these things. I take her with me. I remember I literally had my daughter and within a week I was hiking with her on my back. I, I, absolutely love doing that it's harder now to do these things because you know she you know she has a mind of her own she wants to do things and stuff like that but life doesn't stop when you have a child now I only have one so because I only have one I'm going to be a bit biased now for those who have more than one, two, three, yeah, of course, um, you know, that massively impacts things, the more children that you do have. However, what I will tell you is that if you have a goal, a child is not going to stop that. That actually helps push you and propels you to do more. Um, and if you have a good family unit around you or even a community of people, friends and family who are able to support you, I would say go for it, especially because you never, you know, your chances of getting pregnant again might be slim. I don't know. But if this, you know, pregnancy took, there's a reason why. And, um, you know, that baby could be a blessing for you in so many different ways that you don't even know. But at the end of the day, it is your choice. So hopefully you make the best choice for yourself. Really think about it. Um, and just understand that, you know, a baby is not going to stop you from opening your practice in five years. I'm telling you that right now, because if you think about it in five years, she'll be five and she won't need so much hand holding, as you know, really infants and toddlers do at the time, but only you know your situation best. All I can do is share a little bit of my experience, and my daughter's gonna be three, and I can tell you that while um the beginning bits were took some time to get used to, obviously because being a new mom. Um, but it hasn't slowed me down at all. I feel like I've actually done a lot more now that I've had her. Um, so yeah, all the best sis. And I hope that you guys, or you come to, you know, a decision that works best for you and your partner 
and congratulations on your engagement. Well, guys, that was um, the end of my questions uh, for this episode. Once again, thank you for sharing. If you want your questions and dilemmas answered on my next episode, please do reach out to me on Instagram at let's underscore chat podcast. Slide into my DMs, send me your messages. Or if you don't feel that confident in doing that, um, do reach out to me um, via email at let's chat podcast or let's chat (laughs) i'm so sorry guys it is late and i am tired but yeah so send me an email at let's chat now podcast at gmail.com all right guys have a great week and i will see you on the next episode